0: Good morning, good morning. Yeah, we're not going to sing the song. I can't sing it very well anyway. Until the Ed and Bob show comes back in in, in complete, normal fashion and form. But this is the Ed and Bob show. This is the Sheltering in Place episode number four. We're glad you're with us. This is as of April the 14th. So everything you hear us talking about during the show today or this episode was recorded on April the 14th. So... Uh, Because we're going to give you facts and figures, and this thing changes quickly, doesn't it, dear? Here's my wife, Kim. Hello. Uh,
1: Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, it does. It's uh, ever-changing, very fluid.
0: So, April 14th is the day it's been recorded, and we're going to get this thing started. The Ed and Bob sheltering in place, episode number four. Let's go out to Loudoun County there on the river and see how Ed's doing.
2: Well, Bob, I'll tell you what, I'm doing just fine, if you can be just fine in something like this. Glad to be here, though. Sun's shining down here in Lenore City, out here on the lake. Everything's turning all green and nice, and as long as I stay out of the stores or Walmart, I'll be fine. But I'm feeling good. How are you doing, Bob?
0: Thanks, Ed. Well, we're doing pretty good, actually. Of course, we're at home. I mean, what is this? Day number 33, dear. How many days does it feel like to you?
1: I I honestly thought we were on day, maybe day 45.
0: You know, we're doing good, though. We're virus-free. We've been feeling great, right?
1: Absolutely. We're feeling good.
0: All right. And I, I had lost like eight pounds, and now with her cooking, I've now started gaining weight. So I've, I've gained a pound or two, so I'm going to keep an eye on that. But we still take walks and things like that, and we uh, just try to stay busy. We, we'll get in the car every once in a while and take a drive. Everything's doing well.
1: Actually, I continue to enjoy each day. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but every day has been joyful.
0: Well, that's because you're with me. All right. So uh, I, I, every day, you know, I hear when you're when you're at home, especially if you're by yourself or something and you hear the news, as Ed has said before, he doesn't turn on the national news anymore because it's all doom and gloom or blaming somebody or something. So I want to hear some good news. So Ed... I want to hear you tell us something that is good. So what has happened with you that is a good story?
2: Well, I tell you what, I'm not getting out very much, so there's not anything good about that. But I'll tell you what is good is my grandbaby, Johanna. I'm getting to see her more and more and more because she comes over and spends the day, and we have a lot of fun playing, and now we're into Barbie dolls, and that's always fun. So it's, you know, it's it's good. Family's good right now. Food's good right now. It's kind of fun being around the family and having all these good times. So not much going on in the neighborhood. I sit out on the porch and watch people walking by, and we all wave, and around the house, it's it's okay. My health seems to be pretty good. So all in all, I think that's good. I do know that, you know, my wife's a nurse and, and the doctor she's working for is doing house calls by phone. So that's something new because otherwise, you know, you had to go sit in the waiting room at the doctor's office. So now the alternative is just to call and make an appointment and he will call you at the time that you, of that appointment and discuss the health issues. So that's something that this Coronavirus has changed, and I think that's to the good, really. So, Bob, tell you, it's your turn to tell us something good.
0: Ah, something good. We can come up with a lot of good stuff we've had happen around here, and it was exciting to to hear the smile in your voice, Ed, when you talked about your grandchildren there. So, I know that's exciting, and that is something good. So, something good. Dear, I'm thinking something good is, first of all, we're healthy. yes. And the family has come by several times. We've had uh, our daughter, Brooke, come by with her family, and they'll park in the driveway. And they kind of talk from their car, and we're up on our porch. Chad and his family has done that. Jake can't do that because he lives in Los Angeles. But we FaceTime with him and also talk to him, and uh, they're all healthy. So that's something that's really good.
1: Fantastic.
0: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, for Easter, I know Easter was tough for a lot of people. We watched the Easter service online or on the, uh, you know, put it on the TV. And then you cooked a wonderful Easter dinner. What did you make? I just want to relive it again.
1: Uh, I made for the first time, I'm not a big sweet potato fan. I love mashed potatoes. But uh, I made homemade smashed smashed sweet potato with uh, maple syrup and uh, had coleslaw, homemade coleslaw, let Mm -hmm. you cut the cabbage just the way you like, and had a ham and stuffed celery and green beans and some rolls and sliced vine tomatoes.
0: So we had a nice Easter, and then we took a big plate over to Mom, put it on her front porch, and she was able to pick it up and uh and take it in and and she really enjoyed it all day long it sounded like um i haven't shaved or have i cut my hair because there's nobody to cut my hair anyways so i imagine a lot of people out there their hair is getting kind of shaggy and long unless they want to put a bowl over their head and just go and you know look a little weird but um i'm not shaving until this thing until we get to back to some kind of normal so
1: Okay. <laughs> there you go. All right.
0: And, and uh, let's see. We've done walks. We walked around the block almost every day. And our walk is like three miles, two, two, two and miles. a half miles.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and um, something else I know, and you read a lot of these things online, that the world has slowed down. Pollution is less. Uh, you're spending more time with your family. Uh, and a lot of people say we're getting back to the things that we lost and that really, though, are more important in life. So it's an interesting take that I've read about, you know, people are spending more time with their family, sometimes like it or not. <laughs> and, and, uh, but, you know, you're with the kids, and a lot of people are teaching their kids at home. Uh, so it's, it's a, a lot of time with the family. Of course, with me and you, it's just me and you, but still the, uh, there are some good stories out of the negative. That we have with, with uh, everything that's going on in the world. So um, uh, let's see. Now, those are some things that are good. However, now I would like to move along. And Ed, what advice do you have for people who have been quarantined for what? Almost a month now.
2: Well, my advice for people who've been quarantined for over a month now, and it looks like we're going into the second month of that, is don't panic. Don't shoot yourself. Don't go crazy. You know, there are some good things that's happened. We haven't had to file an income tax, and it looks like a, a lot of insurance companies are giving rebates and, you know, some pretty good things. I think we've got plenty of toilet paper, <laughs> and that's a good thing. We're not quite back using newspapers again. I guess we could, though, if we have to. So uh, speaking of newspaper, I get the Sunday News Sentinel, and I have yet to find anything in that paper that's any good. This past Sunday, it was awful, awful. I bet there wasn't 20 pages in there, but thats I guess that's what happens. Now, do I go out? Yes, I go out. I do go out. I like to go out and drive around, go visit some places. I don't necessarily get out, but if there's a drive-through window, I'll try that, that's for sure, like coffee or maybe a sandwich. But yes, I do go out and drive around. I think when you're in your car, you're pretty safe. But I don't cover my face when I go out, and I'm not wearing gloves. so. You know, when you when you see the governor not covering his face and not wearing gloves, when you see the president not covering his face, I think it's pretty simple that unless you go where there is a crowd of people, if you unless you go to Walmart, I don't think you have to cover your face. That's just my personal opinion. Now, if I end up with coronavirus, you'll say, well, Brantley, you were wrong, but don't think so. I don't see people covering their face when they're walking down the street or walking their dog. But there is, you know, you do need to take some particular uh, expectations of getting something. But but let's get to the numbers, Bob. Each week we cover the numbers, and this week Bob has the latest.
0: Yes, we do have numbers, Ed. And, and sometimes, you know, the numbers uh, may be sad, but they are what they are uh, because it all deals with people getting ill and things like that. Um, the, then these numbers, once again, are as of April 14th. That's when this show is recorded. So, any numbers you hear, it will be uh, as of April 14th. So, my uh, chief statistician here is my wife. So, let's a little update. As of today, April 14th, what are the numbers uh, across America?
1: Well, right now, uh, worldwide, we have um, 1.2 million cases. And one hundred twenty-five thousand deaths, uh, half million recovered.
0: Wow, that's good news, right?
1: So it is good news. Uh, we still have one point three million active cases, but as we continue our social distancing, our um, staying at home, and our quarantines, hopefully, a larger percentage of the one point three five million active cases will become more into the recovered. Good. Uh, That would be uh, a tally. Uh, USA total cases, you know, we have um, just over 25,000 deaths and, um, you know, a higher number of deaths uh, on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. But again, that's going to start waning if we continue on our present course.
0: All right. And I've got a few numbers here, too. Um, The peak for the United States was the 10th. So that was four days ago. Uh, in the United States, there is a shortage of 3,498 beds expected, a shortage of ICU beds of 7,369. Uh, ventilators needed, the, the, now the number in the U.S., ventilators needed 13,851. If you remember, dear, um, New York was wanting 40,000 ventilators, and that never really materialized.
1: All right, well, let me ask, because I don't understand. If okay. we need 13,851 ventilators, right. does that mean we're short?
0: No, or- that's how many are going. That's how many they say are going to be needed to to fight this virus.
1: And we have that amount.
0: Oh, God, yes. Right. There's not anybody that's not going to get a ventilator that needs one.
1: Well, I'd, I wanted to make sure that people understood that the need and the availability are two different things. Oh, sure. They yeah. need it, 13,851. We have plenty the United States has plenty of ventilators to supply they do the 13,851. Yes. I mean, if,
0: you, if I'm not mistaken, the normal amount of ventilators you would keep in the United States, they're used are 4,000 for the entire United States. So, And that's what was so strange about New York saying they wanted 40,000. Now, again, this was a pandemic that was hitting, but they've not gone without ventilators, and they were the hot spot. Deaths, now the death number is what's expected... From the moment the first death occurred in the United States from the coronavirus until August fourth. Okay, so August fourth is still a ways off. The expected number of deaths but for the United States from the coronavirus through August fourth of this year is expected to be sixty eight thousand eight hundred and forty one. All right, let's do some states. New York. Uh, they have already reached their peak six days ago. Um, they have a shortage of beds of 3,482, uh, expected shortage of ICU beds, 4,854. They show that they need 5,246 ventilators. So, see, again, that they had been requesting 40,000. That was nowhere near what they needed. They expect coronavirus deaths in New York State, through August 4th, to tally to 14,542. California, uh, they will peak in three more days. They have no bed shortages, no ICU shortages. Uh, They only need 412 ventilators, and they expect deaths for the coronavirus in California through August 4th to total 1,483.
1: That has to be a really low percentage oh of, I,
0: I don't even know how California's doing it. I mean, we, our son lives there, we know that they are very strict on staying at home and not being out, but how many people live in Los Angeles twelve million
1: right i mean and, and in if, the
0: entire state of California,
1: so you're talking thirty forty million maybe i don't know you twelveth 12, yeah 12 well, million I would guess yeah twelve million alone in in l a and mm-hmm. you're only talking fifteen hundred deaths, yeah. I mean, one
0: death is too much.
1: True, but but they're looking at 1,483 projected through another four months. For the state of California, yes. For another four months. No, that's
0: right. I think it's an incredible number. Let's go to the state of Tennessee because that's where we live. Our peak is going to be in two days on the 16th. No bed shortages, no ICU shortages. Ventilators needed is expected to be only 137. And the number of deaths in the state of Tennessee from the first death through August 4th is expected to be 481. Again, one is too many, but 481 for the state of Tennessee. I want to, You know, something else I want to talk about that's a number thing. I have noticed, you know, I try not to get into this uh, news organizations being against the president and so forth. But they keep saying, I see it all the time as a headline, the U.S. leads the world in coronavirus deaths. Okay, I realize that is true. But our death rate is nowhere near what it is for other countries. Per million people that live in the United States, our average is 71 people per 1 million people um, uh, have died from the coronavirus that's the 14th that number that would be the 14th uh country in the world spain averages 377 people dying per million italy 338 people per million france 229 people die per million uh the uk 167 um Per million. And and Ed, um, you know, is going to go over these numbers as well. But the fact is, I mean, one death is terrible. But it seems like in the headlines we're saying uh, we're leading the world, but we're really not. Our death mortality rate is a lot less than a lot of places in the world.
1: It's percentages when you're looking at the size of our country and the size of um, Italy compared to the size of Florida. Sure. So it's all a percentage. And so, yes, you're, you're correct when you are having these news organizations and people reporting. The United States has more deaths than any place in the whole world. We also have more people living here than any place in the whole world.
0: And I know Ed's going to cover some of those numbers again and because kind of, they need to be said once or twice for you to take them in. Uh, are we going out and covering our faces, dear?
1: Yes, I do not leave this house as far as going to drop off something. Someplace where people will be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do I walk around the block without something around my right. face? I, I do, right. uh, but anywhere else, absolutely, and gloves on.
0: Yeah, face. Uh, we cover our face and gloves if we need to go somewhere like the post office. Things that um, you know we think we might run into people. All right, that's enough of the numbers right now. I know Ed's going to touch more on the numbers, and Ed, you know something else I saw in the news: the fact that the uh, Governor Cuomo. Of New York, said no one. No one has died from the coronavirus due to the lack of medical care. I thought I thought that was a big statement. did Did you think it was as well? I don't
2: know how you can prove that no one in the U.S. has died from coronavirus due to a lack of medical care. Uh, it, possibly, possibly not. But the fact that that uh, there seems to be a lot of medical care and the availability of medical treatment and supplies seems to be okay. When I drive by these tents, you know, in front of a hospital or something where they're checking people or giving you checks and stuff, people are just sitting there. I don't I don't see that. I, I just I'm sorry, I just don't see it. But I think there's plenty of medical treatment, plenty of medical supplies, and there shouldn't be any problem with that. Now I <sighs> Despite the U.S. having the most deaths, the misinterpretation is that more people are dying than anywhere else, and that's not true. When in reality, when the, is, the reality is that one per that per one million people, let me start over. When the reality is that per one million people, the U.S. has seventy-one deaths per one million people. That's 71 per 1 million. There are 13 other countries that have higher death rates. Spain, 377 people per 1 million population. Italy, 338 million. France, 229 million people per per 1 million population. United Kingdom, 167 million. Spain and Italy, five times the U.S. mortality rate. That's five times the mortality rate. And so, and, and the United Kingdom more than double. Yet the press makes it out that what we have here is a higher death rate. I'll tell you what, I used to love watching the 630 News on ABC, but I'm over it. I'm just over the TV news. It just doesn't work anymore. The national news is such a disgrace. The U.S. has more people than these, these other countries by far, yet you would think that everyone in this country or half the people in this country are dying. And that's not true. It's not true. The respirators. We did not need all those respirators. So it, it's, it's just panic. Just panic. Bob, let's talk about getting back to work, though. Do you think people are anxious to get
0: back to work? <laughs> Oh, by 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 all means! I think people are just itching to get back to work. You know, s- s- sitting around the house and doing nothing, and especially if your business was going so well or your your job was going so well, and, and uh, if you're younger, you know, you felt like you got your career going, and all of a sudden it's just stop everything, and then you've got all these people filing for unemployment. I think there are so many people dying to get back to work. Don't you? What do you think, dear?
1: Absolutely, it's the most Uh, one of the most unique situations we've ever been in. And as you said, the economy was great. Work was great. The future was looking bright. uh, Young people were getting jobs. Unemployment rates so low. And then, wham, our life stops. And there is nothing that we did on a personal level that caused it. You didn't lose your job because of X. Finances aren't bad because of X. It's a, a, a global uh, situation that we never, ever could have dreamed of. So, yes, people are hopefully being more grateful of uh, what they had. And when they get it back, people will be more gracious and more grateful and um, have a whole new attitude.
0: I think we, we see a country right here that is just dying to get back to business. And I really believe that. Hey, you got a phone call, dear.
1: Oh, you think it's
0: a telemarketer? You know anybody there in Russia?
1: (laughs) It's Beverly for the student loans, gift relief.
0: All right. Tell her we don't want any. All right. That's the first time we ever had a marketing call in the middle of the show. (laughs)
1: This is true.
0: All right. um, You know, and and, and something else that I see they're now trying to argue over is every governor, every elected official, mayors, uh, and the president— they all – now, all of a sudden, we were trying to stay home, stay safe. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we're going to get back to work. And everybody's going to tell you when they're going to get back to work and what date. And everybody's arguing over who's going to make the decision. Let me and, – and, and here's my opinion on this. It doesn't make any difference what any mayor, governor says. I really believe if President Trump lays out a plan on getting the country back to work – that will be the plan, because can you imagine if the president says, OK, on whatever date, you know, everything's, you know, everything is gone way down the peak. We're on the far downside. Health officials say, you know, it's 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 fine for us to try to get back to work. You know, it's not going to be just all in at once. But anyway. And and then, you know, Trump says, OK, here's the date. Here's what we're going to do. And everybody's dying to do it. And then uh, your mayor or your governor comes along and says, no, I think we're going to wait another 30 days. All right. How many people are going to be all over that elected official, whoever it may be, saying what? You're going to stop us? They'll either go on back to work and, and disobey whatever this local person will say, um, or they will never vote for that person again in their life. I mean, it's... Anybody below the president that tries to go against the president on when it's time to get back to work does that at their own peril uh, uh, politically. So anyway. All right. So I, I think this country loves to get back to work. Ed, what do you think? Are people ready to get back to work? And, you know, something else I was thinking, I mean, talk about business, this is the first time I think that the United States has ever elected a president – that's not just a politician that's smooth talking in fact trump's anywhere from smooth talking he's a businessman and so i think it's the first time we've ever had a businessman as president and that's causing a problem with the press because uh, they want uh, as they want all politicians to bow down to them and be politically correct all the time and so forth and so on and and they're not This president doesn't do that. So talk about that as well, but let's go back to Ed. Bob, I have to tell you, I do think people are ready to get
2: back to work. People are just tired of this. And if it's not personally affecting you, you're really tired of it. I see businesses closing people out of work. It's just not a good time and I don't think the people in washington and the in Nashville really realize how severe that is and there's lots of businesses that can go back to work, not just Walmart and grocery stores, but plenty of others too. Lawn care people can go back to work you know it's 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 just a well, this is the first time that we've had a president who's a businessman and has been elected president, not a skilled politician. But I do think that Trump is a skilled politician, no doubt about that, and uh, businessman too. But that, the problem with the president and the press is that the press doesn't believe him. And the problem with the president is is that he, he tells the press what he's done and what he's going to do. And sometimes that doesn't work very well. So I do think people are ready to get back to work. I think the governors are ready for their states to get back to work. As a matter of fact, I'm not so sure that governors can't do it on their own. I understand that Trump says I'm the only one that can say it's time to get back to work. But, you know, there is a difference between states and the federal government. And if a state governor wants his staff or his people to get back to work, I think he has a right to do that. So I don't think you have to rely on the president to do that, and you certainly don't have to rely on the press to tell you not to go back to work. You know, the thing with the churches, too, this past Sunday with Easter services and things, there is, a, there is in this country a separation between church and state. So how can the state tell churches that they can't open? I don't understand that. So if, if they can, I think they can, and some do, and it's okay. Okay. So, you know, if you take precautions, you'll be all right. But just arbitrarily closing everything, maybe working, maybe not. I guess that's an opinion. So what do you think about the president and the press?
0: Well, I think I kind of already let the cat out of the bag on that while I think about the president. I think the president's doing a good job, though. Uh, Listen, do I think everything President Trump does is right? No. I mean, he's, he's, he's off kilter. He's a little... He's a, he's a different kind of guy. He, he's not politically correct all the time. He doesn't kiss the press's rear end so that they'll say something nice about him. Um, but again, uh, he's not a career politician. He was a businessman, has always been a businessman. And then he got fed up and he ran for office. And the people of America got fed up because they didn't want the same old politicians that they'd had for a long time. And so but, – but all in all, I mean, I think he's doing a good job. And I think after this this entire coronavirus episode is over, even if it takes 18 months, I think it's – you'll end up looking at statistics that will say everything he did, although not, not exactly right all the time, but for the most part worked out well. And again, he doesn't kiss the press's rear end – And uh, it makes them mad, and so they try to make him look bad in the press. He also makes himself look bad sometimes in the press, right, dear? I know sometimes you say, why didn't he shut up?
1: I do say that, (laughs) but I also think that people will start trying to take credit for where the credit is really Uh, due for him, and I think you have governors and others that will say, well, yeah, that was my idea, this is what I wanted to do, when actually it was Trump.
0: Yeah, well... This is something that we'll have hindsight later, probably 18 months from now. But uh, what a strange time in our lifetime to go through all this. And I would not want to be the president. And I've said it before. This guy's 72?
1: He's 73. He'll be 74 on June the 14th.
0: Okay, so he's going to be 74 in just a couple of months. You know, he works. He gets up, I think, 5, 6 o'clock every morning. He works all day long. Um, he... Takes, they say, somewhere around 100 phone calls a day. He goes to bed like at 2 o'clock, sleeps four hours, and does it all over again. And again, you say he's going to be 73 this year. I don't know too many men that I know. And I know a lot of people that are very energetic and and really successful. I don't know too many that can keep up with him. Um, I really don't. So love him or hate him. Uh, The guy is some kind of different kind of guy with incredible stamina. Stamina. Let's end this on a happy note. It's spring and the Dogwoods are out. It's time for the Dogwood Arts Festival. What does Mother Nature look like out there in the new Brantleyville?
2: Well, we do want to leave on a happy note, and it is spring. It's a beautiful time of year to renew, and the Dogwoods are out. The flowers are blooming. Mother Nature looks great out here in and uh, I started to say Harden Valley but i don 't live there anymore now i 'm in Lenore City down here on the lake, but it is beautiful, and the grass is green the trees are blooming and I think it 's wonderful a great time to be alive so you know if you can if, you, if, you, if everything 's okay in your house you 're okay but now for people who are having problems getting along with each other, that could be a serious thing so You know, just go outside and look at the dogwoods and make sure everything's good. Bob, how are the dogwoods in your neighborhood? I'll bet they are gorgeous.
0: Ah, in our neighborhood, you know, as we walk around the block once a day, we see a lot of beautiful colors and stuff. But, dear, um, you notice things better than I do. Are there there a lot of dogwoods in our neighborhood?
1: Yes, the dogwoods have opened. They're beautiful. Some of the pink dogwoods are rich in color, Tulips um, have bloomed, azaleas are blooming, the yards look stunning, and the coronavirus cannot touch Mother Nature. I mean, it is absolutely spring as usual, and it may be even more beautiful than it has been in the past because of a uh, a milder, and we still have some cooler temperatures than some warm days. Absolutely stunning.
0: Well, That's the report from the Dogwood expert. Uh, But it is beautiful. And and as you said, even in the midst of all this, a lot of beautiful things to see out there. I'm on the Dogwood Arts Festival board, have been for many years. And I know they're in a particular situation where they had so much planned and it all got canceled. But the Dogwood trails, and there's a lot of them, they're open. So why not uh, take um, whoever you're sheltering in place with, or if you're by yourself, Get in the car, drive through a few dogwood trails this weekend, or it could be any day, really, and get out there and see some of these beautiful colors and enjoy spring. So that's going to wrap it up. Let's go out to Ed and get his final comments. Well, Bob,
2: it's another episode, huh? So let's uh, wrap it up, and
0: we'll see you next week. Thanks, Ed. And hopefully we'll be doing this show together sometime in the near future. we we'll look forward to that. So that's going to do it. This is the sheltering in place episode number four during our Pandemic and the unusual times we're going through with so many people staying at home. But let's keep flattening this curve. Let's get these numbers, Ed, and I've talked about even lower, okay? Because the numbers that we shared with you on deaths were through August the 4th. So if we keep doing this and keep pounding this curve down, maybe those numbers will be even less. So take care of each other. If you know somebody that's living by themselves, reach out to everybody you know that's living by themselves. Give them a call. Text, uh, email, but touch base with them, see how they're doing. And if you're staying by yourself, then, you know, contact other people. I know a lot of people would like to know how you're doing. That's going to do it. These numbers that you heard from this show were all as of April the 14th. And we'll see you again, hopefully, here in a week. Dear, stay any hap- comments?
1: Stay happy, stay well, and uh, keep in touch with one another. Mm-hmm.
0: Take care of each other. All right. Until our next show, The Ed and Bob Show, we'll see you next time.
2: How lucky can one guy be? I kissed her, she kissed me. Like the fella once said, ain't that a kick in the head? The room black, I heard her and she hugged back, like the sailor said, quote, ain't there a hole in the boat, my head keeps spinning, I go to sleep and keep grinning, if this is just to me. Just like the fella said, tell me quick and love it.